Hello, my name is Ryan Broderick, and welcome to The Content Minds. I have some crazy news to share, which is that, so Luke and I have been recording this show for a hundred and, uh, this is the 105th episode since we started, and right before this, I was showing uh, Luke some listener data that we had received, and I shared my screen with him on Zoom, and that is the first time, <laughs> that's the first time we've ever done that with each other. It, we've never shared our screen before. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I'm Luke Bailey, and yeah, I was, I am fascinated by the fact that we spent a, a huge amount of time, like slowly and laboriously, sending links to each other through Zoom chat, and in two years, have never thought to be like, I'll just share my screen and show you what I'm looking at. No, I've never Not even. Once. I've, it's never crossed my mind. I've never considered it. You just send me the link, and then. You open it, and then we we both we both like read each other's faces of how we're listening to the same link at the same time. So I, go, I think you got to that, and we need to speak, and we never considered the idea of just sharing screens. The number one thing that people do on Zoom. Surely there must have been a reason early on why we didn't. Right? Was there like a bandwidth I don't reason? Think so. I don't think so. I think we just didn't. I just. It's possible that we just never have. I mean, I've, yeah, I've, I've never thought of it. I share my screen in meetings. This isn't technically a meeting. Right. You send me a link. I, I watch it. You watch me watch it. And then we, okay, wow. Well, that's a, it's a new day. I, I, although, you know what? We should never do it again. I, I didn't enjoy doing it. I'd much rather just <laughs> sh show you things and then watch you watch them. Every day is a school day. It's a, it's a fun new trick that we have. <laughs> After two uh, Two and a half years into the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. talking this week about something that's very near and dear to your heart which is uh cryptocurrency we're good we're going back to our old our old friend cryptocurrency but you wanted to talk about something specific in regards to the world of crypto is that correct yeah i i i am fascinated because someone highlighted this the other week and i am fascinated by the the people the kind of influences that move in the space and are probably jumping between like three or four different influence networks whether it's uh QAnon or football twitter or welsh news or whatever it might be like people were jumping between them to be like hey here's the thing i'm all i'm trying to do is grow the platform and i'm just going to keep trying to grow the platform and I'll, I'll i'll pivot to whatever i think is working the best and i, I think that that's a like it's the least it's it's sort of the least important part of the crypto community because they probably have the least amount of money in it but they're also extremely cynical, and I, I think that's interesting. I do find that interesting. I would like to talk about sort of the world of crypto influencers and how that all works. But before we get to that, I was going to ask you, how is the internet this week? <laughs> and let's do that. Let's play the song. But I know the answer, which is that you had a very big week on the internet this week. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. So I had a a, a mega viral tweet, which isn't nice. It's no. never been nice to have a mega viral tweet. Like, so the thing is, right, is 
when you do a tweet and you think, I think people will like this tweet, you kind of mentally have like a range of what it's going to be in. Like, you know, like, oh, peak for this tweet is like a thousand retweets, peak for this tweet is like a hundred retweets. And you kind of are comfortable with it in those spaces. And sometimes it gets a bit further and you're like, oh, interesting. This was a tweet that I expected to be like a, this was a 50 retweet, 200 likes, most of which were media people listening to some snark it did not do that it is i haven't checked i haven't checked it in a few hours uh the last time i saw it it was at eighteen thousand. so i'm gonna check it again live it's up it's 20 it's it's a 20 is it 20? It's over 20 it's a 20 yeah uh oh yeah it's 20 20 000, 20 20 retweets 220 000 likes and 18 million impressions which is it's a lot a lot like even even for a viral tweet that's quite a lot the tweet itself was me dunking on a tweet by the Times about a story. The London Times. The London Times. The, sorry, the Times of London. Right. <laughs> Basically, it's a story about boomers and millennials. The story is that there was a survey and a bunch of people took it and said that the reason why millennials and Gen Z can't buy houses is because they're spending too much on Netflix and ordering too many takeaways, which is transparently nonsense. We all know it's nonsense. However, I thought it was mildly ironic that the, the Times were doing this because... Netflix, when you actually have a basic subscription, six ninety nine a month, uh, the Times is like twenty five ninety nine a month. So the Times saying this is like a lead is kind of a. I found it funny and gently amusing, and therefore I did a, a slightly media snark tweet that was just saying how much those prices were. That tweet. What are now, the prices? What are the prices? Well, a year, Netflix is eighty three eighty eight, which is a very basic thing, which means you don't even get HD. So that's you know again, I'm picking the lowest price here because I know what I'm doing here. Like I'm trying to emphasize the difference and the times you know when you have the the, the not the full subscription but the full digital subscription is 25.99 a month which works out 311 pound a year so the times costs 311 okay. pound netflix costs 83 pounds so yeah it's like a, a quarter of it right now the tweet that the times put out was basically it that i'll read it baby boomers have some advice for millennials struggling to buy a home cancel netflix subscription and stop ordering takeaways now there are two kind of reasons why this is misleading one is the, the facts are wrong like, obviously, that's not why. However, they framed it because it's, oh, babe, this is what baby boomers think, but so that's okay. But when you actually go into the, the survey itself, which was, you know, it's a questionable survey, as most surveys are, baby boomers were no more likely to suggest this advice, really, than any other group. They're marginally more likely, but Gen Z thinks as well. Millennials thinks as well. Essentially, every age group, there's like 40 to 50% of people who go like, yeah, the reason you can't buy a house is because you're spending too much on takeaways, which is... In itself, like that's kind of the most wild finding of the whole thing. Right. That everyone thinks that you could afford a house if you stopped ordering food. Exactly. But the actual, the way the Times did it was they opened with this tweet and then they had a thread from the tweet, which went through the rest of the article and kind of said, actually, this is wrong for this reason, which is like, it's fine. In a way, it's fine. The article itself also made clear that the boomers were wrong about this and the thread made clear the boomers were wrong about this. But the point is that they headed this thread, they headed this tweet with the single tweet that was intending to bait people. Like, that is a bait tweet. It's engagement bait, for sure, of course. It's engagement bait. I, fe I fell for it. I felt bad falling for it because I knew what they were doing and still I couldn't resist because sometimes sometimes you can't resist. You and 20,000 other people. <laughs> you and 223,000 people who liked it all got baited into in engaging it. You are part of the content cycle. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 really important to point out the kind of... Because I've since been like in a bunch of arguments with some 
people who who work at the Times. Um, Tom Whipple, who is a, a science correspondent, I'm not sure of his title. Really good journalist. One of the best people during the pandemic to follow. Like he was really good at stuff. Uh, got. I don't say mad at me because I assume that he was not actually mad at me, but it just came across on Twitter that way. So I, I didn't really go into it. He was not very happy with me because he believed that I was responding to merely the opening tweet and not the rest of them, which is true in a way. But I think that the Times were doing an extremely baity tweet in order to get the engagement that I gave them. And therefore, the fact that, oh, technically later, further down, they sort of said, actually, our original headline was wrong is bullshit, essentially. Well, I think really, you know, what should happen is that they should pay you some of the money that they've earned from the 300 pounds a year they're getting from their subscribers <laughs> for promoting their incredible subscription service, you know? I do love that the top reply when I view your tweet is someone named David Aronovich, a uh, time, a Times, a Times columnist. columnist, yes. Yeah, who <laughs> who wrote good journalism who is not verified, I should point out. Uh, who wrote, good journalism doesn't come cheap, Netflix, Netflix, of course, doesn't do any, which is also not true. Uh, Netflix has like an entire arm of, of documentaries, that, which I would consider journalism. Many of which do not do journalism, but instead report other people's journalism. But let's not get into that. Sure. I'm just saying that like, that is a really interesting argument to make. Yeah, I, I had not looked at your replies, but people are not happy with you. <laughs> that's, I mean, uh, that's c- funny. Considering that 18 million people have seen this, I think I've got off pretty lightly. Yeah, I mean, I, I there was an American uh, quote tweet dunk going around too, which was something like, uh, I think someone said like, uh, if millennials stopped paying for Netflix, who would teach the baby boomers how to install it on their Roku smart TVs? Which is something that me and my sister have had to do for our parents. So I, I enjoyed that point quite One a bit. One thing I think that's been really interesting is that most of the people responding to me and quote-tweeting me have not understood the Times bit at all. I would say 75% of the people who've engaged with it have not have entirely ignored the Times bit and just said, Netflix is actually really cheap. And that's not what's stopping you getting a house, which is sort of the point of the original piece, which I also found incredibly funny. Obviously, the British media has not taken that from it and has gone a different direction. But I, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think there's something really interesting because an awful lot of outlets assume that you have to consume their content in a specific way when they want you to, and assume that when you don't like it, you're consuming it in the wrong way. Well, of course they do because. Like, I mean, but this is... Because right, that's a, how a, social strategy works. I'm not... I want to be clear here. I am not criticizing anyone at the Times f- for doing this. They have done a cynical engagement bait thing. I understand what it is. I have done a cynical engagement bait thing back. And everyone's fine. Nothing's wrong here. No one involved with this story was operating in good faith in any capacity. No. I, I think that's really beautiful. But I would say the biggest difference between like, well, no, there are many differences between how your country and my country does journalism. But one of the one of the bigger differences still is that there is an expectation of like linear news consumption in the UK, which is just <laughs> not true in America and hasn't been for several decades at this point. And there is still like this, there is still like this belief. For, particularly from like British newspapers where it's like, well, this is how you read it. How if you read it wrong, that's not my fault. I've built this story and this newspaper and this page to be consumed in this way. And if you don't do that, then the reader is wrong and then they should be punished somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Which and what's, is and just what's, not true in America. And what's great is like 
the Times have a decent social media team who have looked at this and been like, I know exactly how to engage that. And I'm going to make it have a lot of engagement. And they've done it correctly. And then and then the response to it is like, oh, I don't think this is fair. It's like, it's, it is tricky because it's that thing of people are mostly reading the first tweet. And you know this. I, actually, I, you know, I'll tell you what, because I put a couple of extra tweets in my thread off the back of my original one. I'm going to look at how much they got. Okay, so my first tweet got 18 million impressions. My second tweet in the thread got, how, what do you want to guess? Well, it has a thousand likes versus 220,000 likes. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess it had a million impressions. 375,000. Wow. That's a, just repeat those two figures for listeners just so they can really internalize how big of a drop that is. So it was 18 million on the original tweet and then 375,000 uh-huh. on the second tweet. So this is an oh atyp- this is an atypical thread, admittedly, but what it means is that you're looking at a drop of almost uh, fifty nine out of sixty of your entire thing. You're losing. You're losing. I don't mean what that is a percentage. I was going to say if you could do that percentage in your head, that'd be very impressive. You are losing. You are losing ninety eight point three percent of your views by your second tweet. That is insane. It is insane. And I, this is an atypical atypical thread and most threads more people will fall onto the second one. But even then, when you're saying this is the headline, this is the article, therefore the two have to be read together or this is the top of the thread, this is the rest of it, the two have to be read together. This is the title of the moment, this is the rest of the tweet thread. They are not read together. And that's like it's a really important thing that like we were really hard on and we get and the eye gets it wrong a lot like because every outlet does and there's not anyone the eye's fault like we're constantly working in it and there are angles that we don't think of and ways that can, things can be interpreted that like, oh, that, didn't think of that okay that's gone wrong sometimes you know no one really notices and it's not a big deal sometimes you know it starts picking up and you have to go okay we're gonna have to do a correction here we have to delete this tweet we have to, to restructure this because it's not quite working but yeah the idea that the, the top of a tweet thread requires people to read down to the rest of the tweet thread and therefore and if they don't do that then it then they're not consuming it properly is like a real problem but but also let's be real if the top of your thread makes people feel a way they like and then the rest of your thread is saying actually don't feel that way people aren't going to choose to not feel that way yeah they've you, you're set up and you don't go oh interesting but yeah the, no the, one's going to be like oh wait i would rather be reasonable on twitter no one's going to do but that this then means the other thing which is like the sort of posts here, if you frame it in an accurate way, which is most people think an untrue thing about how to get on the housing ladder, fucking no one's going to care. So so it, it's that thing of the less interesting it is, the less engaging it is, but the more engaging it is, the less accurate it is. And like, that's the trade-off. And you're trying to find a point in the middle of that that is both reasonable but engaging. And yeah, if you made everything 100%, not truthful, but 100% nuanced and every nuance you could to it like it would be almost impossible to read and no one would care ever so it's like there is a really tricky line to draw and yeah i I think it's not unreasonable to look at social media teams and be like hey they figured out how to get engagement on this good for them but equally like you don't get to come back and be like hey i'm not happy with this engagement right is this your biggest tweet of all time now? I actually don't know. I mean, I haven't done a big tweet in a long time, so it, it, it could be. I don't know. Favstar's gone. I can't remember how to find out now. Oh, yeah. I think mine is still 
uh, a video clip of Pikachu talking in a Pokemon movie, but Pikachu <laughs> like speaks English. And I was so negative about it that the voice actress who voiced Pikachu like got in my DMs and got mad at me. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But I'm, I, I maintain it's fucked up if Pikachu speaks English. I don't want that. I don't want. I, I should be clear. It's fucked up if Pikachu speaks Japanese, Korean, German, Russian. Pikachu shouldn't speak human language. That's that's my point there. Sure, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Well, uh, I wish you well as you're on your new job at as the Times of London uh, social media <laughs> manager. Uh, it's very exciting for you. All right. So up next, you want to talk about uh, uh, Geo Rainbolt, the Geo Guesser guy you're obsessed with? I'm not obsessed with him, but I think he is genuinely fascinating. As like a, I, I'm fascinated with everyone who is able to do extremely unusual things on the internet, having train themselves to do them for no apparent reason. So when we've when we've reported before, like what's your like favorite thing that you've identified using Street View? Because we've both I'm pretty sure we've both done it. Like Google Street View? Yeah. Uh, I haven't done it in a long time, to be honest. But I've definitely like in the course of reporting investigations in the past spent a lot of time doing what we now would call OSINT. Like there was one time where I was like on the case about like a kind of a nasty esports player who was like doing untoward things and i had to go through years and years of like vidcon tape uh, across various yeah. youtube channels and like put together like lists of who was in the room together at the same time to like ask questions to different people but i don't think i've ever done like a whole on like this happened at this place at this time unless it happened i just don't remember which is very possible okay so this guy's basically a a perfect OSINT guy in that he has spent a huge amount of time learning and training himself to be extremely good at GeoGuessr. GeoGuessr, if you haven't heard of it, is a a game based on Google Maps where it gives you a random location on a random road based on Google Maps somewhere. And it's usually essentially an empty road in like Siberia or something. And then it says like, where are you? And then you have to figure out where you are on the map and be as accurate as you can be. And this guy is... Astonishingly good at it to the extent that I initially thought that he had learned like an awful lot of tricks, and he he basically said, like, "Okay, here's what road signs look in this place. Here's what languages map over this," which I think is part of it. But I think also he has memorized a bunch of roads. Yeah, uh, he in one of his most recent videos on Twitter, he memorized craters on the moon. Yes, exactly. And I think he has. I think he has like a full on photographic memory. He he also so I watched uh, one of his recent videos went pretty viral. Uh, it's where he was trying to identify where a woman took a capybara uh, for a ride in a car, and yeah. if you go to his TikTok, which is uh, Geo Rain Bolt, that's that's the name he uses everywhere. That video in particular is really interesting because he shows you a bunch of different tricks. And what I think is – so I, I spent a lot of uh, the pandemic watching Drew Toothpaste, the comic artist, play yeah. GeoGuessr, who's very good at it. And what's like really fun about watching someone play GeoGuessr, which is actually less fun when you do it yourself, but what's really fun about watching someone play it is that they keep hitting roadblocks, figurative and literally, and then they have to like go into the GeoGuessr toolkit to like figure out new ways around the obstacle. And in the Capybara video where he's, he's trying to identify where this woman drove this Capybara around, and it turns out I think it was in Arizona or somewhere. Yeah, this is right. He keeps hitting places where he can't go any further, and he has to go try a new thing. So... I think he eventually figures out exactly what happened based on a bus stop she passes, based on a type of tree that's out the window, 
based on the position of the sun. Uh, so he was able to be like, okay, this tree grows in this part of the country. Here are the bus routes. Here are the bus routes going east to west versus north to south. And then here's where those bus stops would be on this kind of road. And he's able to do it. And I, that's my favorite part of this whole thing is like the meta strategy of like, what are the different tactics you can use to find out? And, and you know, we should obviously say right now, like Bellingcat has made an entire journalism beat out of this. Yeah, they're, they're probably the, the biggest, uh, their work around um, like R- Russian uh, military activity is just mind blowing to me. Yeah, astonishing. Yeah, he's, I mean, what's interesting about this is he is, it's like he's a, like a uh, you know a speed chess guy and a traditional chess guy at the same time. Like <laughs> yeah, he's got exactly. the speed chess thing where he can very quickly guess pretty closely what country he's in, and usually if it's like I don't know Bangladesh or uh, Peru, it's like he can just go close-ish to it and he'll win the game because it can be that quickly. But he can also do the extremely long-term build out here is the complicated stuff but yeah yeah it is interesting that i guess like if given enough access to enough like geographic data you can just start to create like a unified understanding of like where things are in the world which is i guess like what the human brain already does like you know like if i was blindfolded and dropped off in the middle of nowhere somewhere i could probably tell you if i was in i could probably i could probably identify what continent i was on but then I guess if you just like kept going and got better and better at it, like you'd eventually know like exactly where in the world you were the minute you took the blindfold off. I'm skimming through his videos right now and he's got this, he does this thing where he like, he'll land in a place and then he'll move the camera like, you know, 90 degrees to the left, see like a tree and he's like, oh, I know where that is now. And it's like, it's it's wild. Like it is a, a unified understanding of, I think trees are very important to him. Language is obviously super important. Like if it's Korean, it's probably in Korea, all that sort of stuff. But then also street signs and like car styles and then building styles. And he just puts all four or five of them together and goes like, there we go. <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, so I just open, <laughs> I open GeoGuessr just for fun. <laughs> just for fun to see like what it would look like. I'm going to screen share. A second time we've ever done oh, this. Oh, amazing! Because because where I ended up on on my on GeoGuessr is so funny. Where do you think I am in the world, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think that is that is that is either Las Vegas, Blackpool, or Paris is one of the three. <laughs> so I open Ge- <laughs> I open GeoGuessr and it's pointed right at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to screenshot that because that's so funny. <laughs> I am an OSINT champion. Uh, I was able to figure out immediately where I was in the world. <laughs> uh, I will include that. <laughs> I'll, inc- I'll include that in the show notes. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm just as good as this guy is because I figured that right, out pretty right, fast. Right, right, right. Go back. You're on the tutorial. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, it's in the URL. Never mind. Uh, well, I guess I'm not as good as that guy. Well, I mean, how have you, what's your, I'm, I'm disappointed now. I thought that was very funny. All right. Well, uh, what's your best GeoGuessr score? I don't know. I haven't played it in a very long time. Really? Should we, should we play like a competitive game now? Or is that, that's no, that's the most boring thing in the world for a listener. Do not, we should not do that. I think that would be like deeply boring for people. Yeah. I think that would be very boring. But yeah, no, I, I think it's like pretty cool that this guy is able to keep doing this in like more and more weird ways. 
like beyond the fad of GeoGuessr. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm not surprised that someone in the world is this good at this, but it's amazing to see. It is amazing to see. And like, I don't, I, I, I mean, I, part of me is like, I wonder what he does next, but like, it's probably just more of this. Although eventually he'll just like get a job at the CIA. Uh, yeah, if he doesn't really have one. <laughs> right, if he doesn't already have one, yeah. All right, you want to talk about crypto influencers now? Let's talk about crypto influencers. So I think before we sort of dive in, it's important for you to define the kind of influencers we're talking about and and give an example. Because I, I think that like a lot of people who are only casually following crypto don't know the extent to which this is a thing. Yeah. So essentially, there are very few things that it's easier to get followers at than like being a crypto person. And you suddenly can find crypto people who have a load of followers. I don't really, you don't, you don't really know what they're doing. You don't really know why they're famous, or, or, or not famous, but certainly why they have a, a popular following. But they seem to just be like, "Hey, we're, I'm an NFT person. I am going to say, here's the reason why uh, crypto is the best. Here's the reason why Ethereum is losing out to." Bitcoin or, or whatever it be, or like, oh, here's my new, here are the new NFTs, follow this, join this uh, uh, Discord, follow this new crypto project, all this sort of stuff. And it's very hard to figure out like, okay, do you guys care about crypto? Are you into crypto? Or are you just trying to get a load of Twitter followers that you'll then flip into the next thing, whether it's QAnon or watching, I don't know, food videos, whatever the hell it might be. And yeah, so I think it's really interesting to kind of dig into a lot of these people. Um, basically, what we're doing here is we're gatekeeping crypto. Right, I see. So have you noticed, like, influencers who have jumped from talking well, about crypto to something else? Well, Jacob Silverman highlighted a really interesting one the other week, which is a user with the, the handle of uh, DP underscore Errol which is interesting. Like a lot of his tweets are just like super normal, like, well, normal, quote unquote, uh, relatively normal crypto stuff. You know, it's uh, white this giveaway, 3X meme, WM spots, follow, like this post, tag three friends, ends in 48 hours, great coat, great goats, X Errol, three at great goats, NFT, NFT giveaway, ends in 48 hours, all that sort of stuff. Only future millionaires can like this tweet. But if you scroll back to just eight days ago, Hold on, when's the, the last one? Yeah, June the 6th. Uh, this appears to have been an account that mainly retweeted Welsh news. Oh, weird. Yeah, I'm back here. Okay, so this is really strange. So it's just like a, what in the world? Right. It's extremely odd. Okay, this is super strange. So when was this account made? Let's. This is really, I've never, so this is, I've, so I've seen this account. I've seen their tweets about NFTs pop up. Well, we should say this account has 100,000 followers. Or, or well, so that's not true. It has 100,000 alleged followers. You, you know who this is? Who is this? This is a man named Errol Crump. He is the North Wales Daily Post arts and cultural affairs correspondent. And 
the Twitter account that he's now using to tweet about NFTs is linked on the North Wales Live website. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is, this is actually a reporter for North Wales Live, which used to be the Daily Post, I think. Huh. This is the one of the wildest things I have ever seen. So this is this, – and then it has a photo of him. He's like an old Welsh guy. He's like a he's like. A, I don't think that's him. Do you think the account was taken by somebody? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. So the DailyPost.co.uk is the North Wales Live Inc. local news website, and on that local news website, they have an author page for a man named Errol Crump. And on that author page, if you click on the tweet link, it goes to the 111,000 follower DP underscore Errol account. Okay, hold on. This is actually much weirder than I thought because he, according to Company's House, does exist and is still writing at the Daily Post. I don't yeah. think, I, I do not think that's a Spyland photo. Just instinctively, I don't think that's a Spyland photo. There are more photos of him. There's a photo there's a photo of him on the Daily Post on a pub crawl in Eisteddford, Wales, reviewing the pub crawl. Okay, this may be less suspicious that this is just a Welsh man who's super crypto. This is but no, this is insanely bizarre because this is a this is an active employee of the of North Wales Live who is their arts and cultural affairs correspondent who has gone full into crypto and identifies themselves as an NFT degen and marketing specialist says they've sold out multiple successful projects they have their board apes listed they're shilling Solana and, and and Ethereum and they publicly identify as a Daily Post correspondent on North Wales Live. I mean, I've just realized that I've just realized that DP Errol is Daily Post Errol. Yeah. No, like this is a real guy who up until last month was just like a guy working at a newspaper in Wales. So either this is a truly genius growth hacker, or this is a guy who has just essentially accidentally become a crypto influencer wait it gets weirder okay it gets weirder so this uh, this twitter account once again so uh, look we had a whole plan for this episode but i'm gonna break character here right now and just be like look this is this is this might be the whole episode because this is the wildest thing i've ever seen i want to make sure we give credit to jacob silverman for identifying this extremely weird account but so here here, here's what i got for you this account which has been around for a while this twitter account was created in 2014 but none of the tweets before March 24th, 2022, still exist. Yeah. So it's been wiped clean, but it is still linked to on the North Wales Live website. There are photos of this man in real life, which link to, which which are the same man as his byline photo. Uh, let me see if I can put his, put his Twitter into the Wayback Machine. This is, Luke, this is crazy. This is very odd. Odder than I would have thought. All right, let me see if there's anything we can find out about what this account was doing before. Okay, there's a couple there's a couple saved places in 2019. So let's see. 2019, November 20 I feel like the GeoGuessr guy now. <laughs> I'm I'm skimming into them some others that are similar to this. And it is what I'm noticing about all of these accounts and there are there are more accounts that look a lot like this uh, is that they are mostly retweeting specific small NFT projects. So what I'm wondering if there is kind of a 
network-ish thing going on here where people are launching projects and then giving them out to either accounts that they've either either captured and taken over or accounts that are part of some sort of uh, like um, what's it called tweet decking like a, a crypto tweet decking network where they're just putting them out to everyone and a load of other people who are also like yeah no NFT is great uh, and they're just retweeting them and they're kind of all retweeting them to each other but they've all got like a lot of followers and I think that they have taken over these accounts that were real at some point it's very possible it's very possible that like this Welsh reporter clicked on a link and had their account taken over by an NFT bot. And ultimately does not care enough about it to be like, oh no, my account. He's just like, whatever. I, I, I used like not that much and didn't enjoy it. So I will just pretend I don't have it now. Okay, wait. So they're doing giveaways. They're retweeting stuff. They're doing like engagement bait tweets. Like if I gave you three Ethereum, what would you do with it? And then that those tweets have like crazy engagement. They're shilling like all kinds of NFTs and they're replying to stuff with animated GIFs. They're tweeting at other Solana projects. This is not this man because he's also using, he's, he's saying like GM NFT friends, you know, without the D. Like he's, he's using yeah. slang that like, I just don't see this. I think you're right. I think this guy got his account stolen, but it's still linked to the, the North Wales live website. This is... This is unreal. Yeah, so I'm just I'm doing the same thing on two other accounts. They're also highlighted by Jacob Silverman. Uh, one being uh, the Chloe uh, with an zero instead of the O, uh, and another one called uh, Marcelo Savas, both of which have now have a lot of followers. And I'm going back, you know, a few years on their stuff, and it's you know Marcelo Savas was, as far as I can tell, a like lower league soccer player. Really? It yeah, and the Chloe was like just. I can't figure out what she was. I think maybe an anime. Got it. Okay. I've got him. I've got him. Marcelo Savas is a former Brazilian footballer who last played for DC United in the MLS since a few months ago. Holy shit. This is a thing. A few months ago, he lost his account. I'm not fine. This is based on his account. A few months ago, he literally lost his account, didn't care enough to get it back, didn't notice it had gone. And it is now being used to, sh including his verified tick, to shill crypto send me a the link fuck uh, send me a link to the chloe one too let me let me see these hang on this Manasara Savas. uh that's his uh internet archive and i mean this is the wild bit but what's crazy is that like this is his, his this is his wikipedia page for his soccer career but this page is verified too yeah it's a verified page. It's been taken over. You think it's been taken over? Yeah, I think so because all of this stuff speaks the same way, and they're like if they're not promoting a specific project, which is how footballers and other people take this stuff up. Like scrolling back through his most the most recent project that he has promoted are Rift of Magic NFT, Ape Stars NFT, Tulip Three NFT, Mobio Pals NFT, Binkies. Lunatics NFT, Space Warlock, X Mystical Mars, X Golden Circle NFT. Like, it's a bunch of different NFTs. Light Nift. I don't know what that is. But he's putting together a bunch of different things. So, like, he's also linked to this Solana thing, which is a, 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 it's a coin, right? Solana? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's a blockchain. You can make stuff with it. You can make NFTs with it. Yeah. That's the simple version. Okay. So so somehow 
this it's entirely possible this is completely unlinked to Solana and it just happens to, it's a it's a coincidence because we've only got three accounts that are doing this. Hold on, let me send you the Chloe one. I haven't yet figured out exactly where she came from because her stuff is a little bit newer. But it, it does go back and like as recently as like April eighteenth, she was tweeting in Brazil. She's she's from Brazil. I was going I was gonna I thought Brazil. It looked like Portuguese, so yeah. Yeah, so when I when I pulled up her web archive, um, it lists her location as Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, and she, oh, this is weird. Yeah, she like she was tweeting actively up until April, twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. And this is mad. Then suddenly she's not. Okay, she seems to maybe be an esports person. I found her. I found her Insta. Let's see if she's got anything on Insta about it. Hold on. Because this might give us a clue of what's happened here. Okay, so her Instagram yeah. page is down. Uh, she had a Twitch. Let's see if the Twitch is down. Which I think may be an esports thing. Her Twitch is down too. This is so weird. So her, her she was active on Twitch in 2020, uh, it seems. Okay. I'm trying to get a capture of it to see what it looked like. Um, but I mean, yeah, no. On, I mean, her account identified her as a 20-year-old from Sao Paulo, Brazil, who was streaming on Twitch and had an Instagram account. And then, and that was as of April. But now her Instagram is down, her Twitch is down, and she's shilling NFTs. Um, and a majority of her recent tweets are all unavailable, seemingly being taken down or, yeah, because if it was deleted, it wouldn't show unavailable. So whatever, she's, I, I will say that she is still... Some of her old tweets are still there. So as of the end of... Whoa, no way. Oh, weird. Okay, so she's like retweeting stuff, sort of, but she's still tweeting in Portuguese. She's talking about The Last of Us uh, HBO adaptation uh, or wherever it's going to be on. She's talking about Kate Bush and stuff. And then... Uh, around June 2nd, June, June 3rd, it's just so like, all NFTs. So like 12 days ago. Yeah. But but she was tweeting about NFTs back in May as well. Okay. This is very strange. And I'm also, I'm going through the tweets that, that, that they these groups have retweeted to be like, who else is retweeting these? And there are an awful lot of people with, you know, 500 followers and, sorry, following 500 people and like with, two followers or whatever. And I suspect they're all following each other because I'm also going through these and they have relatively similar retweet lists. Like they're not that if you go through any one of these accounts, they're all retweeting vaguely similar things. And some of them, you know, if you go through, you see the same group of people are, are retweeting them. Like it's the same. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. Like, but equally, the, so many of these look so similar, it's like hard, kind of hard to tell. This is not like human behavior. That's that's the thing. Like we we talk a bit about bots, and I think we had did an episode on it, and like what a bot actually is. And this looks like bot activity, but some bot activity is not all bot bot activity is the same. Like sometimes when people say bot, they mean people who act similarly. This isn't what this looks like. No. Like, yeah, I'm going down this and I've got an awful lot of people with some random board ape or random thing, none of which are hexagonal. So they're not, they don't actually own NFTs, which I think is a really important note. And maybe Twitter's done a good thing here. This is quite useful. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of people with, you know, first name, 
eight numbers, first name, eight numbers, first name, eight numbers. Hey, my name's my, my name my name is name and eight numbers, and I have some incredibly shitty opinions about crypto. I mean, what's crazy is that like I'm looking at like uh, the Mar- the Marcelo account, and it's it's like one tweet, two tweets a day. That that's it, it's like someone scheduled a bunch of tweets. Yeah. But th- but none of them link up. He, it's not like he's promoting one consistent NFT project. He's promoting just a dozens of NFT projects. Yeah, I mean, th- I, I I'm very comfortable saying this is not a human being anymore, or this is not a genuine human being anymore. No, there is a human being at the heart of this project, but I don't think that human being is 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 running that account. Yeah, what's also interesting to point out here is the Marcelo account totally scraped of all previous tweets before June fourth. Yes. The account has existed since 2012, but there's no new tweets since June 4th. So June is all, seems to be kind of an interesting month for all of these accounts, to be honest. Yeah, something has happened in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, we see so much of this, so many of stuff. I don't know how much of this stuff has passed me and it's actually been bots or, or been fake. And like, we know a lot of crypto stuff is bot-driven, fake-driven, human crowd-driven that that is not really engaging with it properly. But this feels different. This feels like there is a an organized, there's something organized at the base of this. I just don't know what. Yeah, I'm not totally convinced that the Chloe account is connected, to be honest. No, the Marcelo Savas account is, I think, the most interesting. Yeah. Oh my God, he still works for LA Galaxy. But so do you, I mean, do you think it's possible that like an LA Galaxy player doesn't have control of their Twitter account and like no one's talking about it? I mean, yeah, it's been two weeks. Like, he's got better things to do. Someone, he gets an email saying, you can't actually turn account. And he's like, why do I give a shit? I, I've never really used it. I didn't care about it. I guess. It's just it's just really strange to me to imagine that, 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 that like people like this could just not have access to their accounts and not make a fuss about it. I mean, he's a coach at the LA Galaxy Academy under 17. It's not like it's a, a, a big thing. He's not like a, a major player. Like, he's, you know, 40 now. He was never amazing. Like... Yeah, like I can, I can absolutely see. I, I, I can kind of see how you lose your account, and just, but also not care. Have you found anything in common between the weird Welsh one and the footballer, the football coach? Like no. anything? They're both shilling together. Uh, I mean, they both have so many projects, but no, not really. Uh, the no, one they're that, all different. Yeah, but there's just there's just a lot of them. Like, they feel auto-generated at this point. They do. I'm just trying to figure out, like... I mean, I, I, we can kind of we can kind of imagine what happened, but I don't want to, like... I don't want to get it wrong. But, like... No. To me, it's like you click a sketchy link and you lose control of your account. But what's, what's, also, pro- what's also a problem here, and this is, like, true for old people on Facebook, too. We've talked about this in the past. Is that, like, when you're part of a community like this, it's like this deep in rhetoric and, and jargon and slang, it's so difficult to tell the difference between a hacked account, a genuine account, a bot. It's 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 completely indecipherable. Yeah, it is. I don't I also have not found many well the problem is I think with the, the Chloe account, uh, so much of this stuff is blocked that I kind of suspect that it it a lot of it was the same and it's been removed. Yeah, I mean, it's possible the Chloe account was also taken over. It's interesting to me that that person had a massive internet footprint and then suddenly didn't. It's also interesting to me that 
I don't follow anyone in common with her. That's yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, for first time listeners, I'm dating a Brazilian woman. I have many friends from Sao Paulo who work on the internet. If there was a Twitch streamer in Brazil with a hundred thousand followers, Twitch is pretty big here, but it's it's still rare to have someone of that huge. It's interesting to me that we don't have any followers following both of us. That's that's I, really I, interesting. I also follow enough footballers that there's uh, football accounts that I there should be some link there to the football run there. I mean the the one difference the the one difference is that this Chloe account was tweeting human things up oh, no, until so, the end so of was May. the football account. The football account was was tweeting up until not that long ago. Like it's a real account or was a real account. It's just now a crypto account. Huh. Do you have any others? Do you have any other ones we can dive into? I don't. I mean, I'm going through trying to look for other verified ones and the other verified ones are kind of limited. But there are like there's a couple. There's one called Ski Mask Society that has 25,009 tweets. Ooh, try NFTs. Okay, let's try this one. Okay. Not verified, but this actually one does own an NFT. Okay, so I also can confirm that this Chloe person was a streamer. I found a YouTube channel. It has not updated in a year, but she was streaming on YouTube. A lot of the same games she's talking about on Twitter. And yes, uh, her Twitter activity essentially stops being human around early June, like the other accounts that we've identified, which is interesting. It's okay. Uh, but, but her account has not been cleaned out. Uh, all of her old tweets are still there. One of the key bits, the key things that seems to link them all uh, is Ape Stars Metaverse. Wait, I got it. I got it. I got it. The Chloe was part of a women's esports team called the Black Dragons. Okay. Yep, Black Dragons Esports, uh, Brazilian esports organization. Okay, I got it. Okay, so she. I've just sent you. An, I've just sent you another one that I think links to this. She does exist, but she yes, she has tweeted nothing but NFT stuff um, since uh, early June. Okay, we get another one. Ape Ape Stars Ape Stars, dude. I think we're. Oh, man. I think we figured out something crazy here, Luke. This is crazy. I think we're close. So, okay. what? So, let's play a sting and kind of figure out where we're at here. All right. So, let's play some music and come back in a new segment and sort of... We're, we're close. Okay. So, here's what we've got. A arts reporter from Wales was on Twitter for many years, basically doing boring uh, old man tweets about local Welsh news. His name is Errol Crump. What a, what a great name. So We haven't talked about that enough. An incredible, an incredible name. At the end of May, his account just started tweeting about NFTs nonstop. Uh, the NFTs that he's tweeting about are all like anthropomorphic animal ones, like, you know, stuff about tigers and anime. But his tweets are also full of crypto slang that is just highly unbelievable that a uh, older man from Wales would be tweeting that way. So, okay. Then uh, you came across a football coach who is still an active football coach named Marcelo Sarvis, who similarly had had a Twitter account since 2012. And then at the end of May, beginning of June, suddenly he's tweeting nothing but NFT stuff. Then we have... The Chloe, which is an account that belonged to a player for the Black Dragons 
uh, esports team, which is the oldest Brazilian esports team. Fun fact, and some and her her tweets have not been cleared out, but as of the end of May, beginning of June, suddenly she was all in on NFTs, and many of her newest tweets have been delete have been suspended or, or or taken away, taken down by Twitter. Her Twitch stream is gone. Her Instagram is gone. And now she's doing nothing but NFT tweets. And then you identified another account called Black9R6, which I'm going to guess that's Rainbow Six would be R6, right? And it's a... It's a Twitch streamer. He's part of a team called Malvinus Gaming, which my knowledge, I I thought Malvinus was the Falkland Islands, but he is allegedly from Paraguay. So I'm not 100% sure how that works, but South America... As of last year, hang on, actually, no, let me check. Let me get more recent date up. As of March this year, he had uh, 2,900 followers. He is a pro pro Rainbow Six player for Furious Gaming LA, speaking in, uh, in Spanish, and, you know, just talking about, like, Twitch streaming and, and Rainbow Six, but was verified. And he now has... Uh, he is now has an anime avatar, no mention of gaming, uh, and he has 111,000 followers, which he's gained in the last three months. And he is tweeting He is tweeting the same things. He is tweeting the weird meme land WL sports thing. He is tweeting Ape Stars Metaverse. He is tweeting extraterrestrial societies. This all sounds like absolute gibberish, but it's the same things as the rest of them. We should also point out that he has almost the exact same amount of followers as the man from Wales. Yes, the fact that it is a hundred thousand ish is is suspicious. The fact that it, they are both a hundred and eleven thousand—that is a bizarre number. Um, <laughs> that is that is uh, that is very interesting to me. If you go, so you you would thought that possibly the connection was this NFT line called Ape Stars. Why did you think that? Because uh, that seemed to be the one that was popping up most commonly. But there are other things that's popping up that aren't consistently popping up. So. I'm not sure if that's 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 a lead or not. But yeah, they are not they, these accounts are all tweeting different NFT projects. They're all basically becoming NFT investors seemingly overnight around the day between the, the between <laughs> during the week of June 1 to June 7. It seems to be that all of these people who are like tangentially related to sports or esports or Welsh cultural affairs all suddenly became NFT collectors in one week in June. That is very interesting to me. Yeah, and all consistently retweeted a series of increasingly random, like unrelated NFT stuff, like just interchangeable nonsense. Jackson's League, uh, Super Soldiers NFT, Grumpy Bears NFT, Bug Apes NFT, Goblin Shit NFT, Social Parlay NFT, Polyworld NFT. Like it's just a load of like interchangeable NFT stuff. Which suggests that, I mean, okay, if I were to come at this and say, here's what I think is happening. What I think is happening is a group of people who are, they may be using Solana, they may be unlinked to Solana, they, but Solana seems to be a common thread. So, so Solana is a common, it, it, it's Solana and Ethereum. Those are the two ways you make NFTs, basically. So that, that's, why, that's why it's popping up. It's like a, it's a blockchain. What I think they're doing is they are machine generating NFTs. So they are just basically putting animal plus emotion so grumpy tigers <laughs> angry lizards whatever it is they're, and they're churning these out they're then pouring these out making enough copies to 
imply they're enough, putting them out through a network of accounts they've acquired. Maybe they've bought them. Maybe they've had them. Uh, maybe they've just you know figured out how to get into them. Uh, it's not quite clear, but they've acquired some accounts and they've probably padded it out with a load of fake bot accounts. What they're then doing is they're pouring every single one of these projects into there in the hope that one of them is going to break out of this network. And it doesn't really matter which one, they don't have any interest, but if suddenly one of them picks up and is like, oh, this is the thing now, the increase in value for them is going to be so huge. Like if this gets picked up by, I don't know, Jake Paul or whatever, it's the increase in value and it's going to be so huge that it's all worth it, even if it came from kind of a incredibly strange origin story. That's what I think is happening. We should point out a few things. One, these accounts that we're talking about are one, two, uh, yeah, three of them are verified. They're all see. They're all they're all supposed to look like real people. They all don't have NFT profile pictures. Also important. Yeah, I think I found one, and it was not related. Or it was related, but it was like it, it seemed to be someone. Yeah, I have identified one NFT that seems to be... Com- oh, and the other thing that I should point out is that not only does the Brazilian account not have anyone in common with me in terms of followers, uh, I follow a lot of people in the crypto world, and a lot of these accounts don't have followers in common with them either, which is like, if you don't use Twitter and you don't know what we're talking about, basically, like if you see a massive account that doesn't have anyone in common with you and you're on there all the time, like that's a kind of a, a good red flag. I did identify one NFT that that I noticed a few of them are, are shilling, which is uh, the cyberpunk uh, animated gifs of Elon Musk. I just sent you a link. They're called uh, Heroes of ES, which um, I think is they're uh, extraterrestrial societies, I guess. So it's like a, it's like it's like Elon Musk fan fiction. I mean, there are a couple. There are a couple. Whenever we see these, there are a couple in here that are do do actually have NFTs. So in this one, the immediate search comes up with one that's meta rarity, which it has an actual NFT attached to it. Taken, Cashy, and then this is maybe the most interesting one, which I've just discovered, which is Alxy, A L Q S Y Y, and this about the most recent thing on Internet Archive is the sixth of December, and on the sixth of December. It was a Twitch streamer, but it was a Twitch streamer with 110,000 followers, and it now and it was tweeting about NFTs at the time. So this is someone who was doing this earlier than the rest of them. Well, it appears that the 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 Chloe account was engaging with NFT content before the account switched over to only NFT content, which I think no, no, makes this was, sense. This was, this was doing all NFT content in December. Oh, okay. So then that, I mean, that would, to me, mean that it's not hijacked to some degree, right? I don't know, because it is tweeting an awful lot of the same stuff. So it's possible it is a human who's fallen into it, or it's possible it's a human or, or something that's become a bot, or I don't know. I think this is an interesting account. They all tweet a lot of the same stuff, but like you know, as we as we said in the in the last segment, like it's very hard to tell what is a genuine NFT collector on the internet versus someone who uh, had their account stolen and automated by uh, crypto freaks. This is really interesting. And what is the point of of this kind of thing? Like, what does this do to other users on Twitter? 
I mean, I don't, I don't know so much of the users. I think that no other users are seeing this, but every now and again, the idea is, is that it's one of these NFT collections is going to break out and it's going to make whoever's at the center of this rich because it's going to go from being worth, you know, 0.01 of an ETH to being worth 0.1 ETH. Yeah, they, I think they're, they're basically brute forcing the idea of a, a valuable NFT community. Yeah, because like, look, if you are if you are a random person who is sort of getting into NFTs and you search NFTs, and you come across a hundred thousand follower account that's verified, that is shilling an NFT, that's and the NFT is saying like, hey, this is great, it's got a thousand retweets on it, you're going to look at that and be like, oh my god, I found an early stage. This is going to be huge, and I'm I'm in it, I'm in at the ground floor. I will buy this. You pump money in, you make it have value eventually, you know, it spikes in value and, and then someone does a rug pull. Like, I think that's yeah. the strategy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's astroturfing. It's like classic astroturfing. It's fascinating and crazy. So I guess, like, of the accounts we discovered, to sort of kind of put as best of a cap on this as we can for now, like, I think we both agreed that the guy in Wales, he's probably not, that's probably not him. No. And I, I think the Brazilian esports player, probably also not her. And... I'm gonna guess also the the soccer coach. I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's part of I don't think he's doing this anymore either. And if I had to guess how they lost it, you know, they might have clicked the wrong link or been DM something or entered the wrong Discord. And for some reason these people have not tried to get their accounts back, but these accounts are verified. Or they've tried and they've not tried very hard. Because they don't that's really care. True. That's that's also very possible. Yeah. Wow. This is fascinating and spooky. This is creepier than I thought it would be. Yeah, this is a weird one. This is a weird one. Uh, we might have more on this, uh, but for for now, I feel like this is kind of as as I, I have to like sit and like really crunch <laughs> like what NFTs are being shared by these people and like if there's anything in common because there might there might be something they've all done, but I, I can't figure out what it is that they like what what same button they all press to get hijacked. Yeah, there's there's I keep finding other names. I'm like, oh, I think this is interesting, and then it's suddenly not interesting. Yeah, I mean, because it's there's so much garbage to sort through. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely fascinating. Well, while we do that, uh, we might have more for you in the in the next coming weeks. But uh, in the meantime, hey Luke, have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? I've looked an awful lot of uh, NFT projects. No, I'm sure I have done something <laughs> else. Uh, but I'll be honest, I can't remember right now. What have I done? Um, oh, this isn't from the last week. This is from the week before, but we wanted to talk about Top Gun last week. But two weeks ago, I went to a Killers concert that I kind of want to talk about. You want to talk about the Killers? The band The I Killers? Wanna, well, uh, yeah, I went, to a, I went to their show. Went to a gig. Okay, yeah. We could talk about The Killers. Uh, that sounds fine. I mean, it's, it's about The Killers, but it's secretly about aging. Oh, okay. It's a um, a meditation on on your own mortality. That's what we're going to do. It's a podcast classic. It's about age. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about um, this season of The Boys. Okay, cool. I've been wondering whether or not I should watch this. I'm ready to talk about it. So uh, we're going to go do that on our mini-sode, which you can find at thecontentminds.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. 
Thank you to Seven Morris for uh, editing this week's episode, especially this week because we got really thrown off track. Uh, we had a, I had a whole different game plan uh, for this week, but uh, this stuff is just so fascinating. I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop digging into it. So hopefully, by the time you're hearing this episode, it's coherent and sounds great. So yeah, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, Let, let's go talk. Let's go talk about uh, you being old at a concert in our other podcast.